Today, a podcast series focused on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I am your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is Samir Khan. Hey, Samir. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Finally getting cold. The heat is going away. I'm excited. Uh, I know. It, it, I, I have to go into the, the Tupperware, you know, like all the jackets, the big puffy jackets, you know, <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Yeah, they were hiding yeah. somewhere in the in the closet, right? For a long exactly. time. Yeah and, yeah, and and what's crazy is, as we all know, the uh, midterm elections just recently happened. But um, you know, with all that surrounding all this, no matter what side you are in politics, you know, everybody knows this term that the president has coined as fake news, right? Um, fake news is a big thing, and and, and our our interpretation of fake news is really just either stories or content um, that's literally fake. It's made up. Somebody has decided that it has value, right? Mm -hmm. so, so one of the things we want to talk about today is something that most companies don't think about. You know, a lot of people talk about fake news. Well, here in the marketing analytics world, in the digital world, what about fake data? What about, I mean, that's, what about the idea that fake data is creeping into our lives and what we do and how is that affecting us? Yeah, I, mean, absolutely. I don't know if you've seen some trends, but I've seen some trends. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there is there is a lot of trends when it comes to fake data. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up and, you know, teeting, like start from uh, the fake news. As a matter of fact, majority of the fake news are based off the fake data and people. Yes news is kind of the front end and the data is the back end. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that this is the topic of the day that's what we're going to talk about. So fake data, the rise of false analytics. <laughs> I like that. So fake data, the rise of false analytics sounds like a movie that's eventually going to happen, right? <laughs> the planet of the ape movie five or something. <laughs> Right. So, okay. Yeah. So let's start this off. So what is fake data? And we have a definition here. Let me read this to be exact. Fake data is incorrect data created by either deliberate or non-deliberate motives. For example, someone changing certain records for personal gain versus a calculation error leading to incorrect data. Sets. So yeah, we can all calculate things incorrectly, but mm -hmm. somebody purposely changing or purposely feeding you fake information or inputting fake information there to sway the results. That's a little scary. Yeah, it is very scary. And, and when we talk about this, we're going to share a lot of examples. But like you said, the definition that we have, and this, this is, you know, this is something that we came up with on our own. And we wanted to, so when we started looking into fake data, uh, both Jeremy and I, we, uh, we looked at many definitions. They were very stereotypical. They were very like Wikipedia definitions. And we thought like, what's the simplest way to communicate? So that's what we came up with. Like fake data is incorrect or inaccurate data created by either deliberate or non-deliberate motives, plain and simple. Um, so it's pretty straightforward. Like uh, Jeremy was saying, like it's either someone could deliberately change the data for personal gains, or it could be some type of non-deliberate attempt like maybe something happened during the collection of that data it exchanged hands and somehow a part of the data was dropped or there was a calculation error in it so there you know a fake data is not necessarily created just because someone wanted to create it but it could also happen because the way 
the setup or the acquisition of data was. I agree. And what we'll do today is we're going to do a few things. We're going to, first, we're discussing why it's a problem, right? Then we'll do is we'll go talk about some different industries and that way everybody can relate to that. Um, And then the last thing is we'll come back and talk about how you can combat fake data. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, I like that fake data is, yeah, fake data is bad because you're, as a marketer, a lot of times you're trusted with a lot of money. You're trusted with a lifeblood uh, financial <laughs> source of the company. And if they're giving you a million dollars to spend and they're even looking for, let's say, a 1.3 return on investment, you know, and you're using fake data to be able to make decisions on a million dollar spend, <laughs> that's a big problem. I mean, yeah. It's really scary. So, I mean, so uh, I, I know you brought up this thing. Um, do you, do you want to kind of quickly talk about this uh, Accenture's technical vision 2018? And I know you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we talked about like what is fake data and let's say why it is a problem, right? So, and there are lots of different companies and organizations that have done some research and study around it. One of them is Accenture. So Accenture's technology vision survey they did in 2018, well, the survey found that 79% of organizations today are basing their most critical decisions on data, which is good. We want them to base it on data. But the problem is majority of those 79% of the organizations, they have not invested in capabilities to verify the validity of the data. So if you take that example, majority of the organizations are using data to make decisions and a large majority of those have not spent time to verify the validity of the data. What if all the data set they're collecting and eventually this data is driving your IoT devices, your, uh, your performance marketing devices, your finance devices, all of this, if you have malicious data in them, it's going to throw off your business decisions out of the water. Uh, you're you're going to create, oh, yeah. eventually it will also create at some point, physical harm to someone. And we're going to share some specific example how that would look like. But that's the reason why it's a problem is it's coming from all sources. And it's, it, in certain cases, really malicious. It could harm people in a lot of different ways. And it will have a much larger, even at some degree, catastrophic impact if it's not kept in check. I, I completely agree. And, and when it comes down to it, you know, at the end of the day, Who's responsible for that data? Well, if you're the audience that we have and you're in positions like us, it's actually your responsibility. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's turning around and saying, you know what? I, I read this data. I interpreted this data. I did not see it as an anomaly. I didn't see it as, as just um, common seasonality, you know, where we have changes in, in, in performance. It's actually something that's changing the way we look and look at and target our customers it's it changes the way that we actually do business and it's actually i hate to say it's your fault it's your fault so yeah you you need to own it right (laughs) you you have to own it and that's the only way that you're going to be able to fix it i agree on that so so let's let's put out a disclaimer here what we're trying not to do here is to scare people what we're trying to do is make you aware we're Mm -hmm. trying to make you aware that you know what just take one extra step in what you do. I know you already have a thousand things to look at, 
The next one is just look at the validity of the data, and we're going to go through that and how to combat it. So let, let's go through the examples for the industries, and let's actually then come back and be very diligent about how to combat the fake data. Yeah, and one thing I was going to say before yeah. you start with that is we have two specific tools where someone who is like really interested about the whole fake data concept, we're going to, at the end of the podcast, so keep keep on listening, we're going to give you two specific tools that you can use today that are completely free where you can get your hands and test fake data. So let's, let's, let's go with that. It's like a free prize and you get a donut too, right? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, for me, the free prize is every time I drive by a Krispy Kreme, I told my kids. To oh look my for God, the orange Krispy light. Kreme. Yeah, I love it. Oh. But you know the orange light, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah. It's like when you drive by and you see the orange light, my kids know. So I'll stop and go all the way across the highway to exit right away. And you get a free donut. And the thing is, you feel obligated to have to buy another donut, but you don't have to. No, you can you just don't. take the free donut and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe awesome. after a cup of water too. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> tip, tip the, analytics today, tip of the day, the free donut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Okay, Let's get down to serious. Okay, first one, healthcare. Let me let me read these to make sure we're exact here. So, in the healthcare industry, so cardiac stem cell trials were halted by the U.S. National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, the NHLBI. So, U.S. National Lung. Let's see. They had concerns about fake data. It was recently announced that a years-long investigation discovered falsified or fabricated data in 31 papers from their Inversus laboratory. And the Washington Post reported an examination by the Harvard Medical School has verified that these 31 scientist distributions from the research center um, contain fraudulent information. This yeah, so this is, this, is, this is where it is. You know, this is where it could be, could do a physical harm. So if you think about it, all of these scientists, these research agencies, uh, they are spending a lot of time and they're requesting grants for their research. And if that research essentially has some type of introduction or interpolation of fake data into that research, then all of the yeah. research is just completely false. And these are, these are very sensitive topic because if you could imagine what if that research was essentially is trying to help people uh, overcome their cardiac diseases and there are subjects that are being put test with these research initially before it's rolled out to the common public and approved by the FDA and all those good stuff. If this gets rolled out and if it's tested on individuals with this type of fake data, it could be catastrophic. People could lose their lives. Uh, so that is the reason why I wanted to, we wanted to talk, start with topic on healthcare, like how significant the impact could be. And this is a great example with this the stem cell research that was about to get launched and tested on many real individuals was halted by these governing authority once they found out that a significant portion of the research was based on fake data. And this was done so that they can get the grants for that research. Uh, which is pretty sad, yeah. uh, pretty sad to know. And so one of the things that Samir and I will, will put out a disclaimer here too, another one, is that 
we're not saying there's a percentage. We're not saying it was 30% of data. We're not saying it was 60% of data or any percentage. What we're claiming here is that based on our initial, uh, you know, get research and gathering um, to figure this out, it was a significant an amount of data that was able to persuade the study in, in a wrong way. It in was enough. Way. And, and the, and depending on what the industry is, depending on what the use case is, it could just be a very bad week. Let's say for marketing, let's bring it back to marketing. It could have been a very bad week worth of data that just really shocked people, you know, or it could have been some malware or some kind of, I call it click farm. They came in and just did a whole bunch of bad things on your website just to throw your data off. You know, so when it comes back to this healthcare thing, we don't know exactly how much data was false, but it was enough to where these scientists were able to create falsified papers to be able to do this. And like I said, we don't know the mo motivation of it, but it's 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 an example to to be weary about. It's it's scary, you know. And I'm glad somebody found out about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think uh, you know, like you said, Jeremy, it, it is. Uh, we're not trying to pull down any organization. We're not trying to point fingers at people. Uh, the idea here is to let people know the intensity and how the fake data could impact their lives in all different ways, including healthcare. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. Um, how about you do the next one, the finance one? Sure. So finance, another example um, in the banking world. So another study and survey done by Accenture's Banking Technology Vision Survey. What that informed us that today, you know, we believe like bank, okay, you know, they're a banking institution. They got to have um, the most accurate data sets ever. Now, when it comes to the customers and the end users, they do have a lot of accurate data. Although the problem happens when the banks start infusing and appending that data with external data sources. Uh, here's an example. So let's say if I'm trying to apply for a loan, my bank already has my information, it has my credit history, it has you know how much money do I have in the bank and all the other stuff. But let's say if they wanna know some more details about my lifestyle, they wanna know how many cars do I have, they want to know what company do I work or what kind of uh, uh, other engagements that I'm participating in. Like, what, are, what do I do in leisure? Do I go vacation somewhere? And this data will come from different sources, right? You know, probably it's going to come from some type of uh, uh, transportation data aggregation. Or it might come from uh, some type of authority that collects the data on my vehicles. Uh, so if banks try to take this data and try to incorporate it into their main data set, which is more accurate, then the problem is when you do this and when you don't verify the source and validity of this uh, appended data and you start to make decisions on it, that could have financial implications beyond anyone can think about. Uh, and that's where Accenture study found is like a lot of banking institution, they're basing the results on the data. Uh, and a lot of data comes from external sources in some cases that could be unverified and lead to major financial implications. So it, it almost seems like it, it, there's some great movies. Uh, I think it's called like the big, the big chill or the big, I'm going to, I'm butchering this, but it, it, it was, um, it was a movie about the housing crisis back mm -hmm. in the nineties. Right. And, uh, um, what happened was is that the financial markets and the, and the housing markets 
they didn't use any data. <laughs> they yeah. just basically had these loan officers say, you look like a great guy, Samir. Let's give you a house. Yeah. And you're like, well, I can afford a $400,000 home. It's like, no, Samir, you need an $800,000 home. You're like, well, I'm not really wanting that. And I'm not really ready to put up. No, no, no. It's okay, Samir. You seem like a great guy. So I'll just sign you off on that. They use no data. And so I yeah. think they, they flopped over to the other end of the spectrum. And now they're abusing uh, the overuse of data. So, yeah, and that, that also scary. led to the financial crisis of, uh, you know, 2008, where there were certain uh, pre-indicators that were already telling people that this is going to happen. And the company started giving those balloon loans and uh, eventually it impacted the economy and it collapsed the entire economy. Mm-hmm. Scary, scary, scary. Cool. Okay, so this next one, social media. Ooh, okay, so this one is a recent lawsuit that was filed against uh, Facebook for reporting fake ad watch data. And so in that report, they, they talked about um, that basically they, this ad watching data was fake by over uh, up by, up by like 900%. So let's first define that. What do you mean by ad watch data? Is this just an impression or is this just really metrics that they use to, to sell ads? Yeah, so let's take an example. Let's say if we were to take this podcast and we were to publish this on Facebook and then we do uh, advertisement, right? So let people watch this podcast on Facebook. Yep. And what Facebook, at least according to this lawsuit that's filed against them, what Facebook was doing is it was reporting an inflated viewership. Uh, so let's say if we only get about like a 1,000 yep. viewers on this podcast uh, in Facebook ad, Facebook would report like we got like 10,000 viewers. Uh, so it made people excited like, hey, where well, I'm getting a lot of views. Uh, a lot of people are watching my videos. Uh, and uh, eventually, you know, that may lead more people investing their dollars into Facebook advertising. And what's interesting is, at least according to the lawsuit, Facebook not only inflated the ad views, but they also kept quiet even though they knew for a long period of time. So that's a very clear example of how and this could impact the marketing advertising world with, uh, with you know, the controls so you may have be and will we'll keep the secrets behind the doors um, and not be reporting to the end users who thinks that, okay, I'm spending the money for, for a cause and I'm already seeing the return. In reality, that's not happening. Yeah, and I'm really curious how, um, and I, we should have looked this up, but I'm really curious about how companies like the IAB, you know, with their standards uh, have put, checks and balances in the place with this. I mean, think about it. You know, this could be happening with any of these other, you know, ad providers like Google. Google, you don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Google, Twitter. It, it, yeah, I mean, Facebook, that's, that's a very interesting point. Like, it's a mystery. Although, as much as we want to trust these companies to be able to deliver what they originally promised, uh, you know, this type of lawsuit, when it surfaces, it just rattles all of us up. Because, as you were saying, originally, uh, marketing, uh, all the organizations are spending so much money in marketing. And if we come across a fake data example like this, where the company that we're spending money with, they change the data for their own gains, it is scary. Yeah. Scary because people start losing jobs, companies start going downhill and everything. So Yeah, exactly. Cool. Let's, let's go to the next one. This is an interesting one. This goes back to a... Uh, 
a guy who's been in the news a lot named Paul Manafort, who was the ex-campaign uh, chair for Donald Trump in the 2016 uh, campaign. So it talked about him using fake data to seek a $5 million personal loan. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, so basically he gave them a fake document, right, um, for his political consulting, and they talked about him, uh, you know, getting money from that, and then he testified that it was actually forged and all that stuff. He's basically saying it was four point four million, but it was really closer to four hundred thousand, right? So, <laughs> yeah, significant <laughs> difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th- th- this one is. This one's a little bit more political. Um, this one's based on you know personal finance and stuff. But the thing is, it's what it comes down to is it's a, that idea that this is happening everywhere in every industry. I mean, people are still doing this rampantly. But, it is, and, and you know, I'm glad that you explained the the, the backup details of as well. Uh, which I personally didn't use. So that's thank you for that. And it, what's like you said, it is it's it's fascinating and it's amazing how the fake data is not just limited at an organizational level. It's not just limited at a particular in, in entity or industry. It spans across everywhere. And I feel like the personal finance component of fake data is one of the oldest one, right? We have heard yeah. a lot of stories where people uh, change their documents to get maybe a loan from the bank, uh, which again, is a fake data. You're providing fake information to bypass the system that has been put in place and it could create a, a havoc in, in a lot of ways. So this guy, you know, instead of showing the actual income, which is 400,000, he showed it was 4.4 million and ended up getting a $5 million loan. Uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, well, he, he's got a lot of other financial problems and he's, he's already in jail. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, almost, I'm going to stop it and say sucks for him. So, um, (laughs) yeah, cool. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, This one is actually a government one. This is pretty interesting. So there's actually uh, two different examples here that that we pulled up. First one is in Japan, um, looking at government entities, let's say about 80% of those government entities actually inflated the number of people within their staff that had disabilities showing that they hired for special needs because basically in Japan, there's a legal requirement to hire people with special needs um, with certain disabilities. And it seemed like 80% of these companies or these government entities in Japan faked it. They faked that data, which didn't really exist. Um, yeah, that's yeah. terrible. It is. You it know? is very sad. Again, uh, if you think about it, uh, 80% is an astronomical numbers and especially, you know, the government, uh, we, we trust our governments, right? Uh, we believe them to do the good work. And if you think about the uh, this these entities, what they were mandated, they were mandated to hire a certain amount of people with special needs. And in they didn't necessarily want to hire them for whatever reason. And what they did is they changed the data. And they showed like, oh, yeah, we, we have our completed a quota for special needs. You know, we're all set. And apparently, uh, as you were saying, like 80% of them were not. Um, so that's very sad. Yeah. And then here's another one. Everybody complains about the price of plane tickets, right? You complain about, hey, plane tickets, prices are going up. I remember when I used to fly from San Antonio just to Dallas 
even though you're only in the air for really in the air without your seatbelt on for 15 minutes, and it would give you a little tiny breakfast, right? Give it a little like croissant or something. You mean give like you something peanuts? To eat. <laughs> no, no, this is before the days of oh, peanuts. Before the day gave of you peanuts. A, Got you. Okay. They actually gave you a little tiny breakfast. It was like a right. little tray with, a, with fruit. They even had fresh fruit. And you know why they don't do that anymore? Because companies like United Airlines made the mistake of using predictions um, based, you know, predictions for what their revenues are. And they use fake data to make those predictions. And it costs them over a billion dollars in this revenue. Wow. It's, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, there, there goes your croissants and fruits. <laughs> that's, that's, I want my, I fly so much for work and I'm so sad that I, I have to bring my own snacks now. I know. Here. <laughs> you say that because when you travel internationally, like especially in Europe or Asia, you actually still get breakfast. You actually still get food on the airline. Uh, even the local okay. flights you do, yeah, which is which is amazing. I mean, they're they're also operating flights and they're still servicing their customer. They're still giving you uh, the food. But you know, here we go, like a data mishap, mishap and then uh, you know, one billion dollar losses. Amazing. You know what's going to happen next? They're going to have you swipe on your credit card to get in the toilet next time. There's going to be like those little card. <laughs> you that, have to go. That's hilarious. It's like um, you go in and you put in like um, five minutes or something like that. There's a timer on there and you swipe yeah. it. So when and you're in there, you you're in there longer. Coin than, for, a coin for napkins. <laughs> you know, it's like when you go to the spray wash in your car and there's a light and it says, Four minutes, 22 seconds, and it's counting down. You're like, oh, crap. Yeah. I better hurry up and go swipe your credit card. Or the you're going to lock or, or the door's going to open. <laughs> that will be even worse. <laughs> it ejects you out, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what is this podcast turned into, man? <laughs> okay, so let's get back into how we're going to finish this up. How do we combat fake data? So... Um, yeah, one one thing uh, I was going to say gonna, before we, yeah, before we get to that, the combat part. Uh, I think one of the one of the important thing is, uh, you know, why the fake data is on the rise, right? There are multiple things happening simultaneously. We talked about like why it's a problem and how big of a problem it is, right? Now let's tee in a little bit before we get onto the combating steps, right, and okay. uh, mitigating it. One is there has been a lot of big name breaches like hacks in bigger organizations yep. like Facebook, Uber, Target, you name it. And because of those issues where every few weeks ago, like all of my data is public because of some company got breached, right? So the, the trust in these major corporations is at all time low. And what's happening is because of the low trust, people are providing wrong information to the companies instead of filling so you're the form. It's people's fault. It, so partially, you're it's the actual, okay. partially, it is, and, and it's not the fault. Okay. It is the it is the end result, right? If you look at the you know the causation and the result, this is basically the reaction to what's causing. Because the companies are being yeah. careless, they're not paying attention to their in, in, infrastructure security as much as they should. They're not spending the money to go where companies that can protect their environment, they're getting hacked and the information is getting leaked and people are getting really disappointed. And what, as RSA is another security company that actually commissioned a 
a survey and research, what they found that uh, 41% of the consumers are admittedly providing false information to the organization because they don't trust that organization. And so that's one source. The other source is also because of people, you know, some uh, malicious people hacking these big organizations, they themselves are introducing malicious data in the organization when they're hacking, right? So that's another source of fake data. And the third source is for personal gains. People within those organizations for personal gains are making changes to the records uh, for whatever they want to achieve. So those are typical three cases. One is individuals not providing the correct information because they lost trust. Second is hackers introducing malicious information. Third is people changing the data for personal gain. And fourth, I would say, which also happens, it's mistakes, right? You know, calculation mistakes, yes. uh, some type of data mistakes that happened that led to a creation of fake data. So those are four areas uh, where that is causing the rise in fake data. We're going to end this with a happy note at the end because this is sad, you know. Yeah, it <laughs> is sad. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk about how do we counter this. What, what do we do, Jeremy? Come on. Happy stuff. Okay, number one, how to combat. So we've got six things here. So one, leverage social identity data collection methods uses Gigia, Google identifying tools, Facebook, and others. So an example, Gigia. What is Gigia? Giga allows you to do social sign-in, right? Exactly. Um, so when you're in there, it, it's basically an authentication tool. So when you go in there and you sign in, rather than inputting your own email address and coming up with your own password and, and putting in your own information, which then could be fake because of those 41%, it says, oh, I want to use a secondary source, which is somewhat verified because we can't mm -hmm. say a Facebook profile is real, right? Right. <laughs> could be trolls or bots or it could be anything, or it could be like your avatar of who you wish you were in life, right? And that's your <laughs> Facebook profile. But uh, what it is, it's using a secondary, um, a secondary tool to import that data in. So when you're, um, when you're doing things, use secondary tools to ensure that your data is correct. That's one way to combat it. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you talk a little bit about that, if you think about it, Generally speaking, if someone were to ask, uh, you know, like for for example, me, if I were to, I really like a, a, a PDF file that I want to download, it's like a white paper of some sort. And I, I'm not going to have so much time to enter every single information on those 15 different fields that are asking me to fill. Instead of that, if they were uh, allow me to use my Google profile or my Facebook mm -hmm. profile or my LinkedIn profile to download it, what it would do is I would just click a button, approve it and then download it. And later stage, I can disconnect the profiles from that company's information. But it will, in a way, provide that company my information. And in a lot of cases, it, people will have correct information, at least in their social networks. You know, and this is a completely extreme example that there may be some people who have fake profiles, which is a different story. But what we're talking about, it will reduce the fake data to a greater yes. degree when we use a social identity platform like Giga or Google Identity Tools. Exactly. And with those, your profile is what's input, in, input into those tools and then verified, you know, through means that, that you know, make you somewhat legit. Right. We'll, we'll just keep it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so number two. Number two, we're talking about this idea that there's human error, right? 
mm-hmm. when you're managing big databases, um, a lot of times I remember when we were looking to roll databases, trying to do data cleansing, when we we're doing lead gen back in our old roles, mm-hmm. um, there's human error, right? There's tons and tons of stuff that was human error. So one of the tricks there is uh, manage that with AI technology, right? Absolutely. Switch it out. Yes. It is important to in, introduce technology where we're applicable to bypass some of the human uh, human's ability to touching the data where it doesn't need to be. So any kind of data processing, any kind of large-scale data management, there are new technologies that are popping in market that allows you to manage the data more and more effectively. In, in a lot of cases, uh, that is driven by AI. One example that comes to my mind is Watson Analytics. Uh, that's a platform that allows you to use AI to drive decisions off of data. Um, Uberflip is another example of a content management platform driven by AI. So try to use uh, these modern technologies to help you bypass some of the human error and human component. Now, have, having that said that, it doesn't mean that you're always going to get 100% results. There is a greater chance that if a fake data is introduced early on and then you introduce your AI technology, that AI technology is actually going to learn from the fake data, which is going to be even worse. Uh, so you have to use that technology by caution, but it is a good way to mitigate the impact of fake data. Completely agree. Okay, next one. Um, so using technology integrations to manage your flows between data, your IT, and your business system. So really, this kind of comes back to uh, Samir and I's mantra about connected technologies, mm-hmm. right? Just ensure that you have connected technologies that are passing profile data on the back end. And a lot of what that does, and not just profile data, but customer data on the back end, using a common back end could be um, a, uh, you know, a data lake of sorts. It could be... Mm-hmm any kind of data management platform, a DMP, but those APIs integrations allow for just a clean flow of data. That's a big thing. Yeah, that's, you know. uh, I don't want to add anything to that. Very well said. Okay, cool. Number four, implementation of GDPR or similar data law, data integrity laws worldwide to improve confidence um, to organizations and data management capabilities. Yeah, th- this is basically just, best practices of using GDPR. There, there's nothing really more you can say about that. Here it is. Implement GDPR. Yeah, and, and implement uh, okay. GDPRs and similar uh, data integrity laws. Uh, it is extremely important. Like I think what GDPR has done, you know, what I like about it is it, even though it puts a lot of stringent requirements in the organization, if implemented correctly and followed correctly, it can shape the wave of the new generation of data where we can see much more controlled fake data. Obviously, is the fake data is not going to disappear all of a sudden, but it will be a much more controlled uh, mechanism to prevent the fake data from spreading too far out and causing bad okay. problems. I agree. So number five, we've got two more left. So number five is it's this idea that introducing capabilities to manage exponential data growth. So when you have organic data growth great. You know, you're able to bring that data in, you're able to cleanse it properly, organize it, put in the segmentations and audiences, whatever you want to do with that data. But a lot of times when you have large influxes of data that either could be fake or not, you need to have some type of governance 
or you need to have some type of flow and system ready to be able to ingest all that data and not just say, I'm going to ingest this data blindly, shove it into my systems and use this as, as real data. You need to have a way to justify the truth of that data. Yeah, absolutely correct. And I think it is important that with today, we are producing data in zettabytes in every day. Uh, and it's enormous amount of data that's being produced. But that doesn't mean that the company should get lazy and say, oh, you know, there's just so much data. I don't know what to do. But they should put resources and infrastructure around it to make sure that the, the creation of fake data is protected in some or the other way. 100% agree. Cool. So last one here is use data in the correct context. And I, I like this one that I'll put in quotes. Samir came up with this one. Drink data responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? It's almost like it's almost like an alcohol thing. Drink responsibly, <laughs> right? You know. Yeah. I like uh, that. Yeah. So it uh, so as you said, Jeremy, the putting data in correct context, what it means is when you originally acquired the data for a specific purpose. Let's say if you acquired your customer information so you can communicate to them on a regular basis about their account, use it for that purpose. Don't take your customer information and sell it to a third-party organization so you're just making money off of it. Like don't get into those practices and that's why the notion of, exactly, don't get into those things that you didn't necessarily have the context for originally when you were acquiring it. And that's where we're saying, like, drink data responsibly. Be responsible for the data you currently have. Yes. And, I, and I, we, we both promise you that if you're able to do these things to combat fake data, share these practices with other people, be that data, I guess, data police within your organization and share these best practices, you will have your job longer and your company will be more successful in the long run. Just because you're ensuring ensuring smart revenue. You know, you're ensuring that there's going to be legitimacy to what you're doing. And then when you're sitting there at the table and you're making those decisions based on millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands or even thousands of dollars, and you're looking at that data, you can not sweat. You don't have to sit there sweating thinking, (laughs) should I do this or not? Are we going to pull the trigger on this? Do I believe what I see? Yes you can truly believe what you see because you implemented best practices. Fantastic. No, very, very well said. So as promised, uh, we mentioned earlier in the podcast that we are going to provide you two different tools to test fake data on your own. The first one is actually a Google web store uh, plugin that you can connect to your Google Chrome browser. And it's called, it is actually called fake data. Uh, It's a form filler. So let's say, and, and, you know, we're not, we're not asking you to go create fake data, but this is a tool that you can actually use to fill in the forms which you don't want to put out of your information. Uh, it's called fake data, a form filler you won't hate. The other example is called datafakegenerator.com. Now, in a lot of cases, you want to run a specific analytics exercise, and you just want to have some data in your hand to start running the test, you don't have access to the data or you don't want to use your actual organizational data. So what you do is you go to datafakegenerator.com and it will generate a lot of different data sets for you. These are all not real data sets. So you know, don't even try to use this data and just try to log into someone's account. That's not going to happen. What it's going to do is going to give you things like you know, identity generator. It's going to give you 
some sort of a username and password combination or variety of different data sets that you can play with. You can plug into your system uh, to make, uh, you know, let's say if you want to test your password uh, strength, you can use uh, some of the fake uh, data from there and try to test the password strength. That's just an example. Uh, so those are the two tools, as we promised, uh, that you can go test. We'll put the links in the show notes. Fantastic. And uh, this has been a great show. Um, as always, we'll do our same, uh, same advice here. Please send us uh, your topics, anybody you want us to interview, questions we'll do live on air. We love it. Keep on uh, giving us some great feedback. And as always, you know, uh, leave us reviews, leave us comments, you know, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to SoundCloud, put in a review, tell us what you think. You know, we're happy to uh, accept anything. So. Absolutely. Very good. Yep. Our website, as Jeremy said, uh, analytics podcast, analytics today, podcast.com. Yep. Thank you guys. And thank you for being here for, fake data, the rise of false analytics, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks.